0: Welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super intelligent, tri-state area loving wife, what? Michelle. <laughs> What's that about? Well, we'll be talking about that shortly. <laughs> we will. and it's going to be a lot of fun today, I'm telling you this. And by the way, Michelle, along with all of those things I just mentioned, she's also... <laughs> playing hurt today she's suffering from a little bit of a i don't know if it's a bug or the allergy not the big c (laughs) not even the the other big c uh oh yeah let's hope not gone yeah uh but it it is you know mostly probably allergies that are just uh, so if she sounds a little nasally you'll know why but she is toughing it out because she is such a fan of our topic today
1: i am a fan of the topic and and hopefully I'll be able to be coherent and um, not just every once in a while stare into space Like, uh, no,
0: that'll be for me. I'm always the incoherent one. I'm always the one that's drifting off into space because something shiny went by. Uh, Michelle will do a great job with today's episode. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, so The very best place to find us is on our own website, com. And while you're there... While you're there,
1: why don't you sign up for our newsletter?
0: Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. We've had a lot of fun with uh, many people who subscribe to the newsletter. we Put out uh, different things about what shows are coming, what shows we've already posted. Uh, we put up the Disney Dishes blog recipe of the week. By the way, I don't think I hit that up enough here on this show. Mm-hmm. Please, we do have another website, disneydishesblog.com. Uh, there I do Disney recipes and some of my own that I kind of fe- feel would fit into the Disney fold if they right. were to decide to, you know, ever, you know, contract me to do something for them. (laughs) Uh, But we put out a lot of different food out there, a lot of different recipes, step by step on how to do it. So please go to the Disney Dishes blog to check that out. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, I do post a recipe of the week every single week.
1: Well, you do a great job on the newsletter and also the Disney Dishes blog is really very helpful. Uh, Like Tom said, he doesn't just give a recipe. He gives the directions how to do it. He has step by step pictures and I think it's awesome.
0: And I'm also willing to always answer questions. Anybody has anything out there or uh, requests for things that are made at Disney. If I can find the recipe for it or if I can somewhat recreate it, kind of a copycat recipe, I'm always happy to do so. So, uh, Also, please follow us on social media. We're really active out on social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We are on YouTube. This show probably will be on YouTube we <laughs> have some music in it so always a question when right. we have music in an episode but it'll probably be there and if you want to find us on YouTube you can just do a search for Hyperion Adventures podcast we'll pop right up you just hit subscribe and every time we have a video uh, you will be the first to know and you can check it out at your leisure and if you ever want to contact us for any reason you can always email us at Hyperion
1: Adventures podcast at gmail.com right we love to hear from you love to hear your feedback and input if you have questions or ideas for other topics that you really want to know more about that we can delve into.
0: Yes. Uh, So please hit us up. Um, We want to know You know, we just want to be more in touch with you as as often as possible. And the the, uh, Gmail account is a great way to do so, as is social media, by the way. Uh, Just some house cleaning stuff here. Uh, We are still fundraising for the Broadway Cares Virtual 5K. Uh, We've joined the Parks and Monorails, most magical virtual run team with others in the Disney community. Lots of great people. Uh, And we've done it. It's actually done. Amazing. Uh, Everybody has stepped to the plate and come through and we've beaten our goal already, but the fundraising is going to continue. Now we coming into last week and through much of this week, we were in first place (laughs) in fundraising and that, but... Well, as we kind of expected would happen, some of the other teams have kind of stepped up and taken that, and they are probably going to uh, win this thing. Um, Disney Pick a Day, Lewis Davidson, he's up there. Uh, Diddle's Diz, who Mm kind of headed this thing along with uh, the Monday Morning Monorail crew, uh, they're both up there. As a matter of fact, Monday Morning Monorail, they did their 5K from Around World Showcase yesterday. They, uh, They did a live stream of it, and they... Are now the leaders because of that, so right. they will probably win. But if depending on when you're hearing this thing, we still have till midnight Eastern time <laughs> on Sunday, we, which it is the the 23rd of August today. Uh, if you want to donate yeah, to us, we, we, wanna we win. might still <laughs> be able to pull it out. Um, but even if you don't, uh, we will be continuing uh, fundraising for one more week, and we can't get the title belt, but we will keep fundraising now. Uh, we will still keep offering the for $10 donation throughout this week uh, for the magnets. And yes, if we do reach 500 we are $191 away right now. You will see me dancing in a kilt. Uh, <laughs> it'll to, be a treat. It'll be a lot of fun. Also, just for this today only, up until that time, and this is just c- trying to give us a chance to win this thing, I am offering out there for anybody who donates from now until midnight Eastern time tonight. Again, it's the 23rd of August. If you donate $50 to us, I will do a personalized cooking, virtual cooking lesson for you, a Disney dishes blog cooking lesson for you. So just trying to stir the pot, hoping that we can pull out a victory (laughs) here, but also trying to donate for a good cause. And um, we will be doing that video I was talking about last week where I will be doing uh, dressing in a pirate costume. Uh, doing some songs that you have chosen. I will dance a little. I will lip sync a lot. <laughs> and there's, we've had some great suggestions so far. I'm going to put the poll out there early in the week to find out uh, which song I should do. But I want to make one more suggestion as a song that I might do because as we were doing our research for today's episode... This song came up and I thought, wow, what a great song this would be for me to do. So I'm going to, while you get to decide, I'm going to put this song out there as a possibility that you, I might want to put up there in the poll for really? you to say Yes. So check this one out. I think this would be a lot of fun. You're
2: the one who sets the bar. The hairdo king, the fashions are.
0: You're fabulous. I'm fabulous.
3: You're fabulous. Oh, I'm fabulous. You're the one we all can see. It's all about you. It's all about me. You're fabulous.
2: I'm fabulous.
4: You're fabulous. I'm fabulous.
0: Anyway, I wanted to throw that out there as a possible suggestion. (laughs) <laughs> uh, as a, a song that would be a lot of fun for me to get in the pirate costume, maybe I could even get in some other costumes to do play the other roles of Phineas or whatever right. in there. But yeah, I it. think it might be a lot of fun.
1: That that is a great song to uh, to do a lip sync to for sure, and in a pirate outfit. our <laughs> <Arr. laughs>
0: <laughs> So uh, again, I'll have that out there uh, early in the week, and then by sometime mid late next week, I will have the video released to pay up for us hitting our first goal in right. our in our uh, fundraising effort for the Broadway Cares Virtual 5K. Now, we were supposed to do the Virtual 5K this weekend with Michelle feeling a little under the weather. We may be pushing that back till midweek or next weekend, but um, we All will right. be getting that done eventually for sure. So uh, also, I wanted to mention one more thing. We recorded this week with another wonderful podcast, the Mouse Knows Best yes. podcast. We had a great time with several of the members of that group. Uh, we did a draft of attractions, attractions, from all the U.S. Disney parks and trying to build our own theme park each... Uh, that will uh, they, they, they said that that episode will probably air on a week from today right. so the 30th of, of August and we'll keep you more informed when that episode comes out including links and everything so you can find right. that but we had a great time oh with them. they
1: were they are so fun anyways and it was just an honor and, and a thrill to be able to do that with them yeah so
0: uh, keep an eye out for that because that was a lot of fun and eventually we are going to be bringing uh, some of their mm. members onto our show That's as right. well because they're they, we just have a great time with them so as for this week, well, we have lots of stuff for you today, including a major female film name has been signed to direct a Marvel film. Nice. And speaking of Marvel, a key landmark was put in place at a Disney park that is near and dear to us. And just a story that just came out recently. Just I, I saw this right before I came on. So it's actually not in my notes here. I have to actually <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have to dig it up here. Uh, but there may be another Disney private destination coming. We'll tell you for Disney Cruise Line. uh, We'll tell you a little bit more about that. But let's get to our main topic of the week. We already alluded to it a couple times. Mm It's going to be a lot of fun today because, you know, it's just going to be the best day ever.
2: There's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe. Building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist or giving a monkey a shower. Surfing tidal waves, creating nanobots, or locating Frankenstein's brain. It's over here! Finding a dodo bird, painting a continent, or driving our sister insane. Idiot. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before school starts this fall. Come on, Barry! So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all! So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it
0: all! Tom and Michelle are making a Phineas and Ferb episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. This is our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode. Caught Michelle off guard with that one. There, that's funny. She didn't know I was doing that. Um, Yeah. uh, So we fell in love with this show actually recently. Uh, even though it has been out for more than a decade or whatever. Right. And um, you know, we had some friends and family members who told us it was a great show. Well, and we didn't listen to them. And we did not listen to them <laughs> one <laughs> little bit. Uh, but recently we were flipping around on, uh, you know, Disney XD or whatever before Disney Plus had come out. And we caught the Star Wars right. And episode. I'll be talking about that yeah.
1: shortly. Yes. and
0: uh, And we just kind of, Started watching a few, fell in love with it. Our son, Scott, he, it's one of his favorite right. shows. We put it on for him regularly in the evening. He enjoys it very much. We enjoy it together as a family. And if you're listening, if you're coming in and, and listening to this episode and hopefully, you know, uh, a whole episode on Phineas and Ferb, why, you know, and yeah. we're going to try and go through it and explain to you why we love this show so much and why we think that, you may love it too if you've never experienced it before, or if right. you have and enjoyed it yourself. Maybe some things that kind of may bring a little bit more to it for you, or we'll just kind of okay, you taking maybe over my show. Relive notes. some great moments. <laughs> all right, I'm taking up too much of it. Yes, and by the way, this all has to deal with uh, uh, Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe, coming out on Disney Plus this week, this coming Friday on yes. the 28th, and so that's what led us to this. Right. So now that I've stealth, I've stolen most <laughs> of know. Michelle's like, thunder. Right. Let's get to her. She was excited to talk all about this. So let's get to uh, her presentation of our Phineas and Ferb Appreciation Show.
1: Oh, how funny. Sorry, I don't mean to
0: pull the hook on
1: you there. No, 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 absolutely. I'm stealing your thunder and I don't (laughs) ever want to do that. So um, I don't have a Phineas and Ferb shirt. Um, but I did wear my Comic-Con shirt today because that's actually um, where I had the opportunity to first meet that panel. I think it was in 2015. I'm not positive of that, but anyways, um, the interesting thing is I was uh, going into that room at Comic-Con actually to hear the next presentation and if you've ever been to comic-con or know about comic-con you know you get kind of like squatters right so once you're in a room they won't kick you out um, but you might not get in a room mm-hmm if it's already full or whatever. So, it's a really popular panel or right. whatever. And
0: if you're in the room, you can gradually work your way closer to the front as people leave. They've seen the panel they want. They go and they're like, okay, I'll take that seat up there. Right. You virtually move your way up if you are willing to stay in that room for longer.
1: Exactly. So this was uh, also my first experience at Comic-Con. So I was such a newbie and trying to maneuver it. But I, this one particular room that I wanted to see a presentation, first was the Phineas and Ferb panel. And again, I had I had heard of the show. I thought it looked ridiculous. I <laughs> was like, all right, let me sit through this panel. And so the interesting thing, as we sit here today, I remember that panel. I remember the passion that came out from all the actors and writers that were on that panel. I remember them Crying and sharing that love together, of because they they that was the sh- they knew the show was already done. Uh, it was kind of like a wrap up, and I remember that so vividly. I have no clue what the topic of the panel I actually went in that room for, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember the Phineas and Ferb p- panel, and I re- I think I remember telling you like, yeah. wow, that was really powerful seeing them. You could tell they had such love for this show, Um, and again, that along with family telling us that this is a good show, we still ignored it because again, (laughs) for a couple (laughs) more years, yeah, yeah, still very like judgy of a book by its cover, and just thought they looked weird, and didn't give it a chance. And like you said, we did. Yeah, and we love it. Yeah.
0: So I remember I, I couldn't go. I had to work that day or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so you went. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Nick went right uh, to the Comic Con that day. I think you guys weren't in the same room that at that time. Yeah, no, no. uh, yeah. But uh, you came back and you told me about it and how most how it made you emotional as right, well and how yeah. you loved it. And we were thinking. you said maybe we should watch this show,
1: but then we never still got around to it until we stumbled across an episode a couple years later. Right. You know, and the sad thing is. Now that we do know the show, we know the writers um, and the, or the creators. We don't know them personally, but of them and and of the characters. One of them liked one of our tweets. A couple of our tweets this week. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Swampy. Swampy. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, y- you know, I think had. If I had the knowledge I have today going into that, I probably would have been a basket case after that because it, it oh, yeah. would have been very, really, yeah. yeah, it would have knowing been, me, if it, been, like very I new. said, it was, it touched me not even knowing anything about them. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had known, I would have been one gaga about being in the room with them and just loving their story. So yeah, for sure. As you said, though, uh, we're really doing this episode uh, in reverence of the upcoming movie that sounds like it's going to be amazing. Uh, And hopefully people are staying, like you said, to listen, because if you have seen Phineas and Ferb, whether you like it or not, hopefully there'll still be some fun things in this show for you. Uh, If you don't know it, hopefully this gives you some things that can really help you Give the movie a chance even and really get something out of it. Because, again, uh, th- this is a great show. The characters are awesome. Uh, everybody that's involved in the production of it really put everything that they can on it. And it's a, it's a wonderful Disney type of show.
0: Yeah. And it hits uh, as like so many shows, like if you like DuckTales, the new DuckTales or whatever, right. several of the shows, it hits multi-generations. You know, it'll, there are jokes and, and visuals that'll hit your kids. There are jokes and visuals that'll hit your teens and tweens. And there are jokes and visuals that'll hit adults. And the, it just runs the gamut. That, right. It, you'll love and I'm sure you'll just talk more about that here.
1: Exactly. So as we kind of mentioned, the creators of the show uh, originally were uh, Dan Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh. Uh, They had actually been working together on various shows uh, like The Simpsons and Nickelodeon series, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. So they had some experience of working together on an animation type of a show anyways. But um, their idea of this uh, actually was a brainchild first of Dan's and it Grew from there. So um, the funny thing is, he really, and we have, a, I think, a clip for this of him describing his first drawing of Phineas.
5: Phineas was the first one I did. And he was literally just, I wonder if I can draw a character who looks like a triangle. Because I'd worked on a lot of shows with different shapes, you know, and a friend of mine was pitching a show that had square headed characters. And I, I didn't find it really appealing, but I was really. Oh, that's really cool that he's coming up with he's trying different geometric shapes. And so I was sitting at a in a restaurant in South Pasadena, and they had butcher paper on the table with like a little can of crayons for you to doodle while you're while you're waiting. And I drew Phineas by trying to draw a character. Like, I wonder if I could draw somebody who looked like a triangle. And I drew him and I loved it. And I drew him three three more times, took it home, and I drew the rest of the characters that night and took it to work the next day. And Swampy and I created the whole show from, from those original drawings. That was me trying to do something that I had not seen before. I think it's always good to to do something new and different. But also, he just appealed to me when I saw saw it. I do I draw all the time. I'm constantly doodling, and uh, occasionally I'll see something that really sticks in my brain. I was like, oh, I think I should do something with that. And that was that was what I felt about Phineas. Literally, I drew him. My wife said, "Ooh, who is that?" And I said, and this is a direct quote: I said. That's Phineas. This is the show I'm going to sell someday. I literally realized that this is a character that looks so unique that that we should do it.
1: So uh, I I love that story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, you can find online a picture of the Butcher Block paper where he drew Phineas three and we'll times. We'll put it on the
0: YouTube video, by the mm, way.
1: Right. And, and by the uh, way, Michelle did another PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> so she made my job a little bit easier when I'm editing the video. That I'm going to abuse
0: her slides again like I did last week for the presentation,
1: yes. Anyways, I'm a geek. So, uh, <laughs> But the interesting thing is he, he did that, but that show actually didn't air for 13 years. And, you know, and that one is an inspirational story that, um, Dan Povermeyer uses, you know, for people who are creative, who are looking at outlets of trying to have some kind of, uh, animated show that it, don't give up that it might not be the first time you're presenting it. And he, you know, and he has described in interviews how he has he had made presentations uh, to a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, you know, and sometimes got more and more interest as it went up the ladder, and then other times not. Disney actually said no the first time, and it wasn't until a year later where they actually invited him back to come talk about it and and eventually did mm-hmm. um, purchase that, the rights to that. So, But the interesting thing is then when he went to work with Disney, he did notice that there were some elements that um, made it kind of difficult or, or different. Um, the, the interesting thing is he, Dan, worked with um, storyboarding, which was something that Disney had in their history of how they did movies. They just didn't necessarily see it as a way to do TV shows. Um, but the other issue had to do with the voices, you know, having the, the executive producers actually do voices in it and music. So if we could take a listen to his interview talking about this.
5: I do the voice of Dr. Doofenshmirtz on the show. He's the, he's sort of the the antagonist of the series. And they weren't going to, I did it in the pilot and they were still wanted me to audition other people to do this in the show because they had a rule that uh, their executive producers did not do voices on the show, on their shows. And I was like, so where does that rule come from? I, I don't know. It was just, it's just a rule that we've had at, uh, at Disney. and 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 I said, well, how's that rule working out for you? Is it gaining you the people you know, the, the, the talent that you want. Is is it attracting the talent that you want? For instance, if Seth MacFarlane came in here and said he wanted to do voices on his own show, would you say, I'm sorry, our executive producers don't do that? And they were like, oh, um, I don't know why we do that. Okay, well, maybe you can do the do the voice. It was the same thing. We wrote the theme song, and they were like, we, but our executive producers don't write songs on the show. And we're like, uh, well... Why is that? I don't know. It's just a rule. So is it a rule that we could we could get around? And they were like, I don't know. We wrote the theme song and we wrote uh, the Gitchy Gitchy Goose song for the for the Flop Stars episode, and we wrote the Perry the Platypus theme, and we played it for them at like the third pitch of the episodes. And suddenly they were like, We really like these songs. Can you write a song for every single episode? And we were like, Yes, we can. And that's how I ended up writing three or 400 songs for disney in uh, over uh, over a period of 10 years.
1: Yeah, and they are great songs. Are. I mean, they, they really, are. really are amazing. They're there's a very eclectic collection throughout all their episodes of music and you know, they they hit on different genres of music and anybody can appreciate you know their songs. They're really great and they're funny and Heartwarming, et cetera. So. And they some of them
0: make you think there's some really interesting like, you know, um brilliant things that are brought up within the songs that maybe you didn't know about, but it's really intelligent stuff that's,
1: that's right. being described through their music. Right, and they and they use songs to help the, the storyline along. They use songs to make fun of themselves or laugh at themselves, which is great. Um, and, you know, even for the upcoming movie we saw on the trailer, the uh, song, oh, Such a Wonderful Day, mm-hmm. and it really, it's hilarious because they make reference to storylines that took place you know during the series well that's one of the things and I don't know if you're going to get to this but
0: one of the things that's great about the show is how meta it is that it will often you know without going overboard on it it'll reference itself it'll make fun of itself right it'll make fun of you know how long the summer really was because there (laughs) were more than 104 days of episodes worth of stuff so you know there's just a lot of fun that you can pick up as you go through
1: uh watching the show definitely. So, you know, you may be asking yourself, you know, especially if you're an adult listener without kids, um, which is not, which is different than a parent without without kids. kids. (laughs) Talk about meta. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, anyways, it it, it still is a very fun and entertaining show to watch Mm -hmm. and, you know, here are just some of the reasons why you might find this show very entertaining. You know, one, as we talked about, is the music. It's, it's got very catchy music a lot of times, you know. Um, it's edutainment, as you mentioned. Uh, you learn some things in the, the shows. Uh, they They are very... Very well written in that regards. Um, It has smart humor. It doesn't talk down to kids. You know, it really elevates the level of humor. And and like you said, it throws in adult type of humor as well. Um, So it it hits both kids and and adults. It also still will have some basic, you know, slapstick humor that kids will may enjoy and get a
0: kick out of as well. So,
1: right. Uh, A lot of references to pop culture throughout a lot. And in fact there, um, and I went back and looked at the list. There's, there's almost 20 episodes where they have references to star Wars. They are big star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Um, and they also do a lot of uh, references to, uh, eighties and nineties pop culture in there. So it, it, you know, you'll see things throughout their, their series that you'll, uh, you know, attached to because of you know your life experiences as well um they have endearing characters For you sure. know they really are characters that y- you can uh feel good about watching them and seeing what they're doing in their life not just endearing they're multi-dimensional i mean not
0: just the shapes of <laughs> you know <laughs> they are uh, they are very interesting characters that have uh you know a lot of different true feelings they a lot of different levels people that you know, you may watch one episode and think oh, this character is is such and such, right. you know, but as you watch four, five, six, seven, eighty more episodes, uh, you will find out that there are various different levels to virtually every single character you run across.
1: Exactly, exactly. And they do a lot to break stereotypes mm-hmm. and, you know, really, again, um, you know, like you said, have depths to the type of character things that those characters do. Mm -hmm. The other nice element about this show is they have great choreography. (laughs) They do dance numbers like you wouldn't believe at... And whether it's you know pup dancing, you know, or if it's you know Broadway style, like Rockettes come out and everything, it's hilarious. Yeah. But they do a lot of wonderful dance routines and great choreography throughout. Um, and as as we mentioned a couple times now, it's a it's a great family show. Mm-hmm. It really does, you know, hit a lot of age groups. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you know it's boys or girls. It it's it just does it does hit a lot of attraction to a lot of different uh you know age groups yeah
0: again there's various levels to it it'll hit every single person in the room in some way not maybe not every episode but there will be episodes that you will find the humor in you will it will touch your heart it will uh, make you think uh it's you know for for what's basically a kid's show right there's just so many and i I already mentioned it there's just so many levels to it
1: Right. And, you know, hey, if people have already watched everything that's out there on Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu or whatever, why not give Phineas and Ferb a chance? Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: a very bingeable show. Usually uh, most episodes are two parts so, you know, like a 12 minute p- segment and another 12 minute right. segment. So you can watch half of an episode, you can watch the full episode, yes. whatever the case may be. Um, some storylines carry on for longer than that, but most of them are, are
1: about like that. Right, right. So uh, just to introduce people who haven't seen it uh, to the cast and, and there's a there's it's a great cast as we mentioned and there's a lot of people really going to focus on the main ones the ones where this that really again drive the storyline for the most part so obviously the first ones are Phineas and Ferb themselves and you know they're two uh stepbrothers that are living together and they're the ones that are involved in kind of starting the storyline of of what is going to be done that day. It's a summer day and you got to do something that's big and exciting. Yeah. Make every day the best day ever, essentially. Right. Exactly. And they're joined by their sister, their older sister, Candace. Uh, she plays a 15 year old um, and she's very, very much preoccupied with wanting her brothers to get in trouble for all these outlandish things that they do. So she's big into busting her brothers and, um, she may be crazy at times. <laughs> She's a little high strung
0: teen. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, but still, her love of the family does come through. Um, and her brothers. Uh, of her matter. brothers, yeah. right. And there are some episodes, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this a lot later, too. But there are some episodes that, you know, it really. Uh, expresses that even more so that, you know, uh, one of the things with Candace is when she's working with her brothers on something, uh, they all seem to come together and and have great success. It's more when she's kind of resisting what they're doing and not being in the moment with them, that she uh, finds all her craziness and, you know, Neuroses coming yes. through. <laughs> <laughs> she has
0: some neuroses. Uh I, I find her such an interesting character because you, you you know, the fact that she's like her life's goal is set out to essentially Buster Brothers. Right. You know, and she seems like she should be the antagonist and that you should really dislike her right, and be right. rooting against her. And yes, for the most part, you probably are rooting against her. But there are many times you are almost rooting for her to succeed. Right. And if not in that, then the other aspects of her life. Uh, and that's what, you know, uh, talking about characters with depth, I think that right. she has... Uh, an insane amount of depth. You know, when the first time a few times I watched it, I'm like, oh, I'm really gonna dislike it. Her, you know? right. And the more we watch her, the more uh, she became a favorite character of mine. And yes. I know Michelle. Oh my loves God! Yes, I do her.
1: I, lo- I love her. I I really can connect with her <laughs> and how she handles things or where her brain goes, her initial thought of things. Uh, totally on board with her on that. And uh, so excited. The new movie is really gonna feature her mm-hmm. and feature um, actually in a different way where uh her brothers actually have to come to her rescue. Right. So that I'm looking forward to that. Um For sure. you know, she's she plays, you know, kind of your typical teenager of she does like a boy in it and you know, she's always wanting to impress him and always you know, kind of talks about uh it shows some of the struggles of that insecurity right. uh, as a teenager, sure. you know, am and I going to Even be, as an adult. Right. True. You know, <laughs> am I going to be accepted? You know, and uh, and she, ha- she has friendships and it, it shows a lot of the, the dynamics of that. So uh, like you said, she's an awesome character and mm-hmm. I could go on and on about her. She could. Yeah, I really could. But I'm, and I'm glad she's going to ha- have a starring role in this upcoming movie, but we'll move on. Mm-hmm. So another... Uh,
0: by the way, uh, voiced by Ashley Tisdale, who you may know from the um, the High School Musical right. uh, films that she she starred in, among other things, that right she's done as well. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. She
1: does an amazing job, and just listening to some of the uh, soundtracks of the in the trailer and everything, she just really got right back into mm-hmm. that Candace mode, uh, and is brilliant in yeah, it. Definitely, for sure. So, the next main character uh, that plays a lot of how. Emotions come through in the storyline is Isabella. Yes, uh, so uh, she is a fireside girl, which is you know plays on the the whole Girl Scout theme and everything. Um, and she definitely does have a love interest in. Phineas. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Um, interestingly, she's named after Dan's oldest daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a, that's a, that's a little fun Michelle. Fact. Fun fact. Yes. <laughs> Michelle always has <laughs> the best fun <laughs> facts. But um, again, it really shows depth of her uh, being a strong individual, being, a, you know, somebody who can be caring and loving, uh, you know, trying to help People through things. Uh, so again, another real great depth to her character. Uh, from what we're hearing about in the new movie, she's um, really showing her her strength. Uh, that's going to come out into that mm-hmm. into that movie. So looking forward to that. For but sure. um, we do have a little sound clip here of Dan talking a little bit about her.
5: In Summer Belongs to You, we actually have Phineas give up, which he's which he's never done. And it was specifically so that this scene would happen because Isabella, who is in love with Phineas, took him to the, to Paris, and uh, because it's the city of love, and she tried to sort of show him how romantic everything is. He just wasn't paying attention because he was trying to solve this problem. And now they crash landed on a, uh, a de- desert island, and she's just been dejected this whole, uh, for the last like twenty minutes, and she's sort of crying by herself and and. Ferb comes over just to, t- to console her a little bit. And she says, you know, Ferb, I was in the most romantic place in the world and he did not even notice me. I just feel so de- defeated. Look, even now, he's still trying to solve this problem. And he, and Phineas is over there trying to figure out a way to get off this island. You know, like, oh, we could we could do this. No, we can't do that. We, can, you know, like, And everything he's coming up with is coming up blank. And Isabella looks to Ferb and says, you know, and I would just give anything in the world if he would just sit down next to me and watch this beautiful sunset, because the sun's setting the thing. And the sun is also our ticking clock, because he's got to get home before the sun goes down in order to win this bet. And Phineas comes over next to her and says, or oh, we can dig truck. no, we can, I don't, and he sits down next to her, and he says, I guess we can't do it. Well, at least we can watch this beautiful sunset together. And he turns to her, and she does not take that. This is the thing she's wanted more than anything in the world. But instead she says, no, we are not going to uh, watch this beautiful sunset. That is not the guy that I fell into this situation with. You're going And she talks to him and she talks him up. And it's more important to her that he is the person that he is than for her to get what she wants. And that is, like, I'm crying right now when I describe it. It's, uh, it's to me, that's a great turn.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm tearing up now hearing this again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, we watched, I don't know if you saw it, but I watched it because they're doing a marathon this mm-hmm. weekend of Phineas and Burr on Birds, Disney Channel. On yeah. Disney Channel. And not like we can't stream it yeah. in Disney Plus, but so hey, <laughs> anyways, um, they did play this episode, saw that, you know, that particular scene again, it brought tears to my eyes, um, just knowing again, when I, when I, as I was mentioning, the people associated with this series have their heart on their sleeve writing. And I'm not trying to make it sound like every episode is deep because it really, it. if you just watch it for it, it's the superficial part, it's hysterical that, and yeah. and it's a great entertaining. But when you can really learn to appreciate these characters and what they mean and what they mean to each other and how they bring the best out of each other, then you can love this show at an even deeper part of your your soul yeah and
0: we should have probably said before that uh spoiler alert for summer belongs to you if you haven't seen those uh, that series of episodes yet but um well that didn't really give it away because didn't that's really give away thing. everything it no. just gave away a key moment in there but it didn't give away everything
1: yeah i could st- knowing that moment i could still watch it over and over oh, yeah, and, of course, and love for it sure. for you sure. know and <laughs> and i think even now you know like after we heard that interview where he where you know dan said this um it, it made me appreciate it even 100% more. Oh, yeah, completely. You know? And uh, yeah, watching it again after
0: hearing that interview um, totally gave me a different viewpoint. Right.
1: It. So good. Exactly. So the last main characters of the series are Perry the Platypus yeah. and Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Didn't Schmirtz. go to either of the doctor schools, <laughs> not for you, to call it, for you to call him Mr. <laughs> So, um, you know, uh, so Perry is a um, spy that lives with the Flynn family, who lives with, um, you know, Finn, Phineas and Ferb and Candace. And the family and the boys don't know anything about Perry's behind the scenes life. They just see him as a... A platypus that does nothing. Doesn't do much. Doesn't do much. And they mention that a (laughs) lot. But he does disappear every day. Right, right. (laughs) For some,
0: but it's expected.
1: They're like, oh, where'd he go? Right. Oh, there you are. Um, But his whole mission in each episode is really to defeat um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz with his evil plans. Um, And Dr. Doofenshmirtz, he's one of these, he's like a, a klutzy kind of evil scientist that it's funny because all of his inventions do work, but they just don't work for him. Right. <laughs> but his whole goal is to become leader of the tri-state area. Right. <laughs> so, um, and so a typical show has a, a very similar pattern. You know, not not a hundred percent of their shows, but most of their shows, uh, as we mentioned, it's summer vacation. The two boys um, are sitting outside, and they want to start the day by planning, what are they going to do that day? Um, they're, they're aided by a small band of their friends, you know, Isabella being one of them, but there are some others. Um, and their older sister Candace is usually spying on them, trying to figure out what they're going to be doing that she has to bust them for. And then simultaneously to that, you have the other storyline, which is Perry and, and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. I can never say it. It's a tough one to <laughs> it, it is Dr. Doofenshmirtz um, having this conflict between them on you know Perry's trying to defeat him and at the end the the storylines intersect and quite often not all your time right quite often and then whatever that is happening that they're involved with with Perry's actions it makes the things the boys worked on disappear so so that Um, Candace can't bust her brothers because (laughs) the evidence disappears. Stuff always disappears or something goes wrong right at the moment when she's about to bust them. Right, exactly. So just want to kind of touch on what some of their summer projects are. Not all of them, but some of them, and you may hear about them referenced a little bit in the new movie as well. Um, And they reference it throughout the Mm -hmm. series. Very meta. Very meta. So um, the first one actually is the first one, which is, Building a Giant Roller Coaster. And um, they actually do it multiple times. They actually have several episodes on it. And one of them is a musical, which is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is their initial uh, verb. I know what we're going to do today. Yes. So and another one that, again, they also reference in other times is they build a time machine, a very functioning time machine. And they utilize it to go Back into time, forward into time. And it's, again, it's just, it's smart humor of how they do that and Mm -hmm. how they reference it in, uh, you know, in future episodes as well.
0: And uh, little things will even pop up. Like I was watching one episode the other day Uh and something that was that happened, I think it was actually the roller coaster of the musical, uh-huh. because it had happened after this Time Machine episode. There was a little thing in the parking lot that if you look in the background, you see it. And I'm not going to give it away in case you watch these episodes. But if you look out there, you're like, oh, that came from that, one of the Time, oh, time episodes. You can kind of see funny. it in the background of the right. parking lot. It's really fun.
1: Yes. Um, they build a shrinking machine, and uh, it actually had a purpose to try to help Isabella actually – with something going on in in her life with one of her, with her pet. Um, but ends up that they are in Candace. Right. (laughs) journey to the center of Candace. Yes. Uh, she eats a sandwich that they're in and, and now they're in her and that's hysterical. Mm -hmm. Um, they build a portal to Mars. Yes. And, uh, and again, Candace is gets in the trap all the yeah, time. She
0: gets sucked into a lot of she, these things Yes. Often.
1: So not only is she frustrated because she's trying to bust her brothers, but then she gets sucked into what their activity is. And it, it's something that she has to deal with now yeah, on, usually a on a personal level. Usually
0: unexpected, like the boys didn't plan for it to happen, but right. because of the fact that she's trying to bust them or she's like looking in on things and she ends up getting sucked into this or putting it into a rocket or whatever the case right, may Right,
1: exactly. And so like when uh, she walks. accidentally walks into the portal to Mars, she does end up being the queen of Mars. Yes, (laughs) as you would. And similarly... Did I say that right? Anyway. So Close enough. Yeah. Well, again, another <laughs> tough
0: word to say. Yes. Similarly. Especially when you're not
1: feeling well. Like I, 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 my size, I'm like, am I hearing myself right? Anyway. I mess
0: up similarly, regularly. Wow. To say it very slowly. Very
1: good. <laughs> Enunciate. Yes. Uh, they build a giant ant farm and she goes into that ant farm and becomes the queen of the That ant farm. She becomes the queen of lots of different people and species, for sure. But not always do the things that she gets involved in work so smoothly for herself. They build a video game, you know, and she ends up in that. And that's not... She's not queen there. She's struggling with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, They build an entire beach in their backyard. It looks like the ocean there. Um, And then the the last one that wanted to mention is they build a growth elixir. And... (laughs) Candice gets involved in that because she wants to get taller so she could be considered the right height to be a model. Mm -hmm. So, again, tying in some of those other elements of, you know, body image and Mm -hmm. acceptance, etc. And how it turns out is really great. Yes, for sure. So now, as we mentioned. There are a lot of great songs. It's hard to narrow it down to a small amount. Yeah, we actually started this episode. My first pitch
0: for us to do a Phineas and Ferb episode was our five favorite right. Phineas and Ferb songs. But we thought it'd be better to more explore the show itself than just go through the music.
1: Exactly. But we do want to share a couple of them. And um, there's reason to also, one being favorites of ours, um, but also they are important in storyline and it may get referenced in the movie. So the first one we want to talk about is actually called Hey Ferb. And it is comes from the remake of the roller coaster only as a musical. And in this episode, they actually are saying it's a remake. They're not trying to say, oh, let's think back of that. They're gonna redo it, but now in musical format.
3: All we're gonna do today though it might sound just a bit cliche we can build a roller coaster, but this time with songs and dancing because when we're back in school come next September and they ask us we can both remember every cool and clever thing we did all summer long and glancing back we're gonna be so glad that we didn't sit all day and watch TV I don't
1: Not only is that a funny song and it, you know, does explain a lot of things of their storyline, but if you're when you're watching this uh, particular episode of Phineas and Ferb is they're actually singing this song and they're in costume in sets of Hollywood movies, right. you know, like classic movies, yeah. like *Singing in the Rain* and um, *King and I*, right? Uh, yeah,
0: just several musicals because this is the roller coaster, the musical, musical right?
1: Yeah. So, um, again, kind of laughing at themselves, you know, and again, great choreography mm-hmm. there as well. Um, one of the things I didn't mention and. That is a little funny piece of it. Is Ferb, who is the stepbrother who comes from England, um, really is a a man of little words? Right. Um, So that's why you don't hear a lot of of Ferb dialogue. Uh, It's always Phineas the one that is initiating the conversation. When
0: when Ferb speaks, it's almost always poignant in some way, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. The next song that is also a great song, um, it it comes from an episode where it's um, their parents' anniversary. And this is one of the ones where the brothers, as well as Candace, are going to work together to regroup a band that is their parents' favorite band, like an 80s-style band. That broke up. That had broken up, and they all had, you know, the the band players had all gone their separate ways um, and so there's this plot to get them together so that they can perform on a stage in the backyard right. <laughs> and uh, a big as you would yes a uh, big production and, and this is one that even though it is a big production and, and everything that Candace uh, does not who I guess I should say she chooses not to bust her brothers and allow it to happen because of the love that she has for her parents and that she got really joy out of doing this with her brothers. It was, it was something that brought her a lot of fun. So um, this is when they're first starting to get the band together. They go to a library, because that's where one of the band members ended up, being a librarian, and this one is called Ain't Got Rhythm.
3: You keep saying that you don't have rhythm. Listen what you're doing right there. With that stamp and a book, you got a real nice look. Sounds to me like you got rhythm to spare.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. I've got as much rhythm as that chair. What happened to me was a tragedy. But I don't have to be a millionaire. Look, I got a sweet deal going on here. I got all the books that I can read. All these sweet old ladies in this carpet from the 80s. Wasn't more a librarian need. Besides, I ain't got rhythm. No, I ain't got rhythm. Said I ain't got rhythm. I ain't got rhythm. You're kidding me, right? You're you're
3: kidding me. Don't you see what you were doing right then? That's a wicked groove you were starting
2: to move. Mr. You got rhythm times ten. I think perhaps that you're not listening. I find it tedious to repeat. It's no big drum, I just can't keep time. I'm telling M- I <cultural breeze> ain't got rhythm No, I ain't got rhythm Said so I ain't got rhythm I ain't got rhythm I ain't got rhythm Sounds like rhythm to me No, I ain't got rhythm Seems like they all agree Said I ain't got rhythm But you're, but you're laying I ain't down got rhythm. Rocky, and So funky, sick of passion I ain't got rhythm But you got that beat I ain't got rhythm Look at them, they're stomping their beat I ain't got rhythm It's time for you to rock A brand new channel Just go join the band. Hey, I got rhythm!
1: <laughs> so good. It is good. Uh so you know, again, all those percussion sounds in the library are hilarious. And I, I don't know for sure, I've never heard this in an interview, but I remember the first time I saw that episode, and that library scene reminded me of *The Music Man*, where mm-hmm. there's a scene where the kids are in the library, and you know they're dancing and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's what's happening here. You know, I know this is a a, a podcast where you're just seeing, you're just hearing it, and you're not seeing the episode. But you know, people are tapping their feet and you know tapping books and right. everything. So uh, kind of very. I, I would wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of a, one of their, um, you know, images that they, they kind of drew from. And that was Swampy. Yeah. So.
0: Swampy is the character's name, which right. is taken after Swampy Marsh, who is one of the writers. The other one, the other members of Love Handle are Dan, who is Dan Povenmire, right. who is. Uh, also, obviously, one of the creators and writers, and then Bobby, who the song that I played early on, as I said, that for you know putting up for submission for my pirate video, right. which was fabulous, um, is another writer. The the person that w- that was taken off mm-hmm. is another writer uh, who actually sung that song. Ain't got rhythm is Steve Zahn, who you may know from the movie That Thing You Do. He's the guitarist right. and sometimes background singer. Some he does sing one lead song in right. there, but uh, if you know him front, you may know. Him him. He's done several movies, but that thing you do may be the most popular one that he's done, right? But I, I, one thing I love about that song also is the fact that it, 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 you can hear as the excitement grows, as he realizes more and more that he can't, he does have rhythm, right? That the keys change, the key keeps changing and going up. As the excitement builds, right, uh, it does build the song. It's a, it's, it's really well done. That whole episode, uh, we may talk a little more about that. That whole episode is magnificent.
1: Yes, yes. Um, we could delve into any one episode and have True. a whole podcast episode. But, um, so that made this this doing a, a broad spectrum of the, the series, very challenging to narrow things down and be within a, a, a reasonable time frame to do an episode for us. Uh, so the, the last song of our favorites, there is going to be a little bit more music coming up, but the last song of one of our favorites um, is called Evil Boys, E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. Um, in this episode, um, they're building a circus. It kind of built uh, on the concept of Cirque de Soleil. Um, idea. And they're going to build this circus in the backyard. And obviously, Candace wants to bust them for that. Uh, However, her boyfriend brings over a basket of um, vegetables, and it has parsnips, which she is highly allergic to. Maybe that's why I'm having allergy problems today. I'm I'm zoning in on my Candace side here. No parsnips in the house. I'm actually not allergic to those, but, anyways, um, and you know, obviously, they're going to exaggerate the elements of her her allergies. But uh, she does have some issue with her voice, um, and now she feels she needs to hide herself so her boyfriend doesn't recognize her as the one with this deep new voice as a result of her allergies and she puts a paper bag over her head and she leaves she also turns beet red yes (laughs) and uh so she ends up still trying to go over to tell her mom what's going on in the backyard that she's got to come check out because the boys are doing things wrong and uh so she does it via song Um. candace have you been near the wild parsnips again
0: Yes, but you gotta see
4: what Phineas and Ferber are doing
1: What is it now?
4: Those boys are always up to something And it's bringing me to tears Cause just before you get home It always just magically disappears Those boys are evil But before you get home They somehow always clean up the mess Those boys are evil Let me spell it out for your mom E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S And a beach in the backyard Drove cattle through the city And messed up the boulevard They took me back in time When we went to that museum They built 50-foot treehouse robots But still you didn't see them Those boys are evil Their crazy shenanigans Caused me all kinds of distress Those boys are evil Sing it with me E-B-I-L-B-O-I-S. You know you think the saints, but mom, I'm here to tell. The boys, they're just evil. Those boys are evil. They're making me feel like my head's in a hydraulic press, and that don't feel too good. Those boys are evil. Everybody, evil B-O-I-S. That's what I'm talking about. Evil B-O-I-L.
1: such a creative way to to continue that storyline of, you know, trying to get her mom to come home to see what the boys are doing, you know, and, and how frustrated she gets that they've done all these crazy things in the past. She still hasn't been able to see them. Um, you know, she hasn't gotten her mom to see those things happening. And she's, you know, again, Pleading for her mom to come. Yeah, listing various things that we discussed. uh, You know, again, meta uh,
0: part of the show, going back and listing all these various things that have already happened in other episodes. Um, So good. Uh, Sung by Dan Pobenmeyer, again, one of the creators of the show. He, He was in that interview and he claimed, like, I'm the only other person who has voiced Candace besides Ashley <laughs> Tisdale when he did the Evil uh, Evil Boys song. Um, so, But, you know, looking back at just the three songs we just played, uh, you can see they're all different genres. Right. Evil Boys, obviously blues, Ain't Got Rhythm, a little bit more of a rock and roll right. kind of thing. And then Hey fur more of a show tune, you know. Right. So uh, you can just see and that's just three songs. Right. Um, again, all the songs run the various different genres yes. uh, of music. So many different ones. There's rap, there's reggae, there's all there's sorts country. of stuff. There's country. Yeah. And western, And there's
1: some, um, well, heavy metal music. Right. There is classic ballads, right. rock ballads, and the, their their talent is just phenomenal. Yeah. Of how they can really capture all different types of essence of music. So, um, really, really fun, fun. And so, want to talk a little bit about this episode mm-hmm. here. You you started a, a little bit uh, earlier when you said that was our first experience with watching Phineas and ferb uh i think it was just one of those we had nothing to watch and you know we we're like eh. hey, i think it was just trying to go to bed or something we're up with anything star wars it's not star wars right oh, okay, right let's yeah. check it out right and so uh, i think it was playing on disney xd or something like that and it was about to start and we were like, ah, all right let's check it out um it is uh, different in that it is a one hour special um and uh they first announced that they were going to be doing this episode actually at Comic-Con in San Diego in 2013, um, and so that, I'm sure, was an exciting panel time to be on, and uh, Disney released a five-song soundtrack from this movie, so, uh, you know, it really was, you know, like a, a mini-movie for sure. Uh, some really interesting things, at least from when I was researching it, the uh, opening crawl is voiced by Jim Cummings. Mm. So uh, we know him from many things, many with, things, well, many things. <laughs> yes. Disney and Star Wars, right? For that exactly. Um, that they actually did take um, scenes from A New Hope, and they—I want to say this correctly—they directly rotoscoped it into animation. Wow. So cool. um, yeah, they really. You know, um, I did see somewhere in an interview where um, where Dan, when Disney bought. You know, the Lucasfilm uh, ability to to show those films that Dan right away sent a message to Disney saying, I see a Phineas and Ferb episode (laughs) coming up. So it's exciting that they actually made it a a one hour episode. there's a lot of amazing details. If you're a lover of Star Wars, watching this episode. Um, and again, it was our first time watching it. We loved it after seeing it. Um, and It inspired us to actually watch a few episodes right. of Phineas and Ferb exactly. when we eventually fell in love with it. Exactly. But uh, one example is they do have a scene where there is uh, a band, like a cantina band playing. Um, but they have electric guitars. But on the neck of the um, guitar are the little... Um, What do you call them? Clue horns. (laughs) It's part of the actual (laughs) guitar that they have that on there. Um, So a lot of little details like that Mm -hmm. that that they use. And again, showing in in the Phineas and Ferb series how they really uh, pay homage to a lot in their their episodes. Um, The Death Star schematics have three prominent things written in Arbesh, Arbesh. Gosh, I can't talk today. Um, well, I think we're going to give you a pass. being <laughs> that Your you. allergies are going thank crazy. You. Yes. Um, and interestingly, I'm not, and I'm going to read what they say, but I remember when we were watching it, we did pause to, to look right. at it and translate yes. it and then cracked up because of what the translations were. So it the, the things that it said is, um, you got a joke. No one else did. <laughs> If you have paused this and translated this into English, congratulations! And now go impress your friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. <laughs> but we—it's so funny that we actually did this, and then when we saw it, we just—it just, it just right. cracked us up. So um, there's also another unique connection between Perry and Captain Rex from Star Wars, and that is it's the same voice. It's D. Bradley Baker. Right. So yeah. another good Star Wars yeah. connection.
0: T one of T Bradley Baker's deeper role. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I can't even do it. You know, that noise that he
1: makes for Perry,
0: the platypus.
1: Exactly. So, um, And again, uh, they obviously are, as I mentioned, they have songs, we're going to play one of them in just a second. Um, There's a a little bit of a difference that um, Phineas and Ferb have with Luke, they are on Tatooine, Um, they're in the the dairy farm right next to Luke. (laughs) Um, But they actually see, um, they love staying on Tatooine, they see a lot of potential with it. And so they bring that out in this song.
3: To be. Then this little slice of heaven Tucked between the Juntlet Waste And the Big Dune Sea We can surf through the canyons Or train a pack of dewbacks Build a giant hamster habitat For womp rats or fire up our solar-powered Sandcastle-making machine. We're tattoo Yeah, we're living like kings out here We got a Tucson summer to hold on here Cruising Beggars Canyon in our T-16 Or just sitting on a rock meeting blue eyes.
2: Boys. We're new. Well, we're brothers, we're STEM, no we don't share a team But we'll always be together here on
3: Tatooine Jamming with the modal nodes, racing turbo dust bikes, trading with the Jawas Tricking out a droid or souping up the bars for a trip round Anchorhead Towers We can stop along the way and startle Tusken Raiders And still be in time to fix the bad beraters. On summer, the whole darn year Cruising Beggar's Canyon in our T-16 Or just sitting on a rock needing blue ice cream. I may be wearing my heart on my sleeve But I can't understand why anyone would want to leave We know our city and may sound a tad extreme But we're so happy here we tend to overstate this theme Overstate this theme Cause we love tattooing. Oh, we love it
1: Yeah, and I know being very repetitive here, a great song. Uh, their lyrics are brilliant and it, it really is worth listening to them and listening to them again. And I mean, every reference you can imagine mm-hmm. they put in a song and that, you know, I think really highlights that, that if you're a Star Wars lover, y- you got everything that they said and it was all very poignant and it all, again, it helped drive the story because At the base of it all, they're talking about a two sun summer, which their whole storyline is about summer vacation. Right,
0: and again, uh, you know, so far, if you count the the opening theme uh, as far as songs, we've played six different songs. And none of them sound the same. I mean, yes, maybe Phineas is singing, so you get a little bit of the same voice or whatever. But as far as uh, how the song goes, the lyrics of it, essentially, the tune itself, the genre of it, they all are a bit different.
1: Right. You know, and and this song, I think, really uh, reflects what we were saying, that it's smart humor. It's on different levels. You know, obviously, a little kid might not really pick up on all the little details about you know, being home in time to fix the evaporators and blue ice cream or, you know, all all, all the things about racing and Jawas, et cetera. But if you're a Star Wars lover, you got every single thing that they said and it was line after line after line Mm -hmm. that they make these references. So, and that's the type of humor that you do see. It, you know, it has some funny things that the kids can definitely, and definitely imagery kids can attach attach themselves to and love. Um, But again, this this song was not written for kids right you know so. it's
0: people for people who love I mean yes you know a lot of kids love Star Wars they'll get all the references right. but for those of us who grew up watching a new hope uh, right you know I mean it's all references that
1: you get and exactly so it it's brings you back to your own childhood right a little bit. so um just want to go to through a few more things on you know a newbie prep for watching the new movie coming out and so one way, uh, you know, hopefully is listening to our podcast that can kind of help get you introduced to some of the characters, a little bit of their backstory, so you understand what's going on in the, the, the flow of what their stories are usually like. Um, but there are some episodes that you might want to watch. Um, obviously, one of them, which we talked about now, was Star Wars, uh, watching the roller coaster episode, especially the musical one, because I think you get a little bit more explained in that because of the music. <laughs> um, and another one, one that we referenced earlier is summer belongs to you. Um, and again, that's, that one is also a little longer. Um, but I think those, if you could only watch one or two, I would pick from those and that could give you a good introduction.
0: Right. I I would also suggest uh getting the band back together. I think is a is an important one to right. watch as far as just musically as if, if I've played, we've played two of the songs uh from it already. Right. You right. know, it's just it's a really great episode, and you don't need to know quite <laughs> as much about the show to enjoy that episode. I think. Right. Um, there's some episodes that I think you need to have watched a few more uh to kind of get the humor and get right. everything that all the
1: meta stuff that's involved in it. So. Right. Right. Um. But there are some others that we would highly recommend Mm -hmm. as well if you haven't seen them or haven't seen all of them. Um, Unfair Science Fair Mm -hmm. is one of them. That's where Candace becomes the Queen of Mars. Um, Mom's Birthday. Uh, That one will definitely tug at your heart. Mm Um, A Lawn Gnome Beach Party of Terror. (laughs) What a great title. I know. (laughs) Uh, Don't Even Blink. That one is hilarious. And that was one of the songs that I I almost included on our list here today. Um, In that episode... And one of the things that's really funny is that uh, Phineas and Ferb have no problem with Candace trying to show what they're doing to their mom. You right. know, I, I'm sure there's probably pride associated with right. that. They don't see it as that they're going to get in trouble as a result of this. They're just like proud of what they cool up stuff with. we've right. yeah. So they're willing to even help her in her quest to get them their their inventions shown to their mother and there's one where they build, um, like a rocket ship kind of ride though Mm -hmm. in the backyard. And, um, one of the things that Candace is saying is that it's when you're all finished, these things go away. So let's sit here and watch it until their mom gets home right. so that they can bring her out. And um, and that's where it's Don't Even Blink. And it's mm-hmm. got a, another great song in there. But all of the, you know, Phineas and Ferb, their friends that are there helping, they're all sitting there watching and looking at this thing to try to figure out. Cause I mean, that is something that they find curious too. It's like, where do these things mm-hmm. all go? Why are they already just disappeared? Right. Um, as you mentioned, getting the band together in jerk de soleil, which is, um, the one we talked mm-hmm. about before. So, um, I have just a few closing remarks, but I don't know if you have anything else to add. Um, you know, kind of like the the present and the future, um, there, In addition to Phineas and Ferb, the writers also did a crossover of Phineas and Ferb with the Milo Murphy's Law. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in that animated uh, cartoon, it has... um, Weird Al Yankovic in that, and he stars stars in that, right? And he'll have a little piece we understand of the new movie. He'll be somewhat in that. Um, In a recent interview on D23 uh, with D23 that uh, the writers did share that there is hope for more Phineas and Ferb in the future. It didn't sound like necessarily another series coming back, but maybe either another crossover or possibly another movie or some kind of special show or whatever. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just really thrilled that it's, it's already five years since Phineas and Ferb ended and they came up with a movie. And um, again, we also heard or I heard in an interview that they were really pleased that Disney did Bring their group back together, um, but also really, you know, made sure that they had the financial support to make a great product, Mm -hmm. that they didn't feel like it was going to cut corners or anything like that, just to have something out there, that they really let, you know, these great artists come together and produce something that they are proud of. Um, And, um, the other thing is, um, if you really haven't watched, all I can say is give it a chance. Don't be like me, where it's like, oh, they look ridiculous. It it really is something that is very enjoyable.
0: Right. And and don't just watch one show. It's like any show, especially if like maybe you just watch the, the pilot, which is the roller coaster mm-hmm. episode. Uh, you know, if you just watch one show and that's your only chance, you give it. Uh, that might, you know, it might not do it for you. Give it, you know, three, four, five episodes Mm -hmm. so all the recurring jokes and recurring themes uh, can kick in for you because it's like any other show. It also grew, you know, it started off and it was good to begin with, but it gets
1: better and better as they go through the seasons. Right, and um, this year's Comic-Con at Home did have uh, a panel where they brought uh, a lot of the people together to talk about it. So that might be something also that Mm -hmm. you might want to be interested in seeing um whether as to prep to get to see kind of the behind the scenes people who are involved in this and you know some of the voice actors um or if you already know the series it's kind of fun hearing their stories right. and you know they they do touch on you know some some of the the original history of the series some of their their own favorite episodes or parts to it. Um, And one of the things I did hear shared in that, and they didn't go into detail, but what they did say is that Candace's name does mean something, and that's going to come out in the new movie. Right. So, so a little cool. tease for so, that. very excited for that this week. Very right. excited. So anything that you think that needs to be covered here? No, I think you did a really good job. And I think
0: we discussed most everything I think about the show. I think it hits on so many different levels. Again, give it... Uh, it's a very binge-worthy show. Um, watch several episodes. Don't just give it one. Um, you know, because there's so many things. are There's so much meta humor. There's so many recurring jokes that go through it that come up again right. and again the and pop again. pop culture references. Yeah, so many different themes. Uh, you want to, you know... And Maybe the episode doesn't have the song that hits your genre music, but wait three or four episodes, you'll find a song that hits the music you like um, and you know, the you know the interesting lyrics. And they're very rewatchable episodes as well because right. there are a lot of things that will flash by you, little uh, you know, visual gags or little lines in songs right. or just little uh, lines of dialogue that you may not catch the first time, but the second or third time through, it'll make you laugh. Exactly. So so um, give it a chance for sure. Yeah and enjoy. Yes. Yes. So Michelle always does a great job (laughs) with this and we love Phineas and Farb. We hope that you love it too or that you will learn to love it and we hope that you love Phineas and Ferb the movie Candace Against the Universe which we're very excited about. We are actually going to get a chance to watch it thanks to D23 and us being D23 gold members. We're going to get a chance to watch it on Thursday the 27th. Uh, So once we watch it it'll probably be in the evening time. Uh, We will tweet out our our initial uh, you know uh, thoughts on right and then of course we'll talk about about more of it on the episode coming up that week, and what exactly. maybe give a little bit more of a review. So, right. very excited. So, thanks, Michelle. Great oh, job. Likewise. As always, Michelle always does the best <laughs> job of these subjects. And to take us out on our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode, ladies and gentlemen, love handle. Good again. Credit to Dan Povenmire, uh, Jeff Swampy Marsh, yes. the whole crew at Phineas and Ferb, who write all these wonderful songs. Uh, they just—it's amazing. Again, another song, uh, total '80s rock ballad. Yeah. You know, it's just so good. And all that music is so good. It's probably one of the things that we. I mean, yes, we love you know the characters. Right. We love the dialogue. We love the storylines. We loved all that, but I think we love the music more than anything. Oh, I else. know,
1: I know, and it, it and again it's it. it, it Tell, helps tell the story and, and hearing it again it evokes those same feelings like i remember you know candace putting her arms around her brothers that they had done a really good job for their parents oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um and isabella being a ninja coming yeah. from above you you know, her so. and the other fireside right girls. it's awesome yeah so a lot of uh, great imagery yeah uh again
0: uh awesome episodes all of them. Um, Go check out Phineas and Ferb. Go check out the movie when it comes out on Disney Plus this week. Uh, you're going to love it for sure. So exactly. I, I, I think if you if you know us, if you're a fan like we are, I think you're going to find that this show is one that you will be. Um, it will speak to you right. in many ways. Yeah. So exactly. uh, Let's get to the. We've already spent a lot of time on, <laughs> on Phineas and Ferb. Sorry. So let's get to the Disney stories of the week. Uh, we have a few for you this week, and I'm going to start with a major female name has been tabbed to direct an upcoming Marvel film. Now, it's not a Disney Marvel film. It's a Sony Marvel film. Right. But, you know, we like to branch out a little bit here yeah. and there. We love Marvel films. I mean, Spider-Man is technically a Sony Marvel right. film. Right. Give Dude so. We're They deserve it. Yeah. So uh, this from Variety.com. Olivia Wilde has signed a deal with Sony Pictures to develop and and direct an untitled female-centric Marvel film project for the studio, sources have told Variety. Uh, Representatives for Sony and Marvel had no comment about the project, but speculation has arisen in the recent months about Sony developing a movie centering on the Spider-Woman. Character so nice. um, really cool yeah yeah of course uh, obviously Spider-Man being right. Sony uh, Spider Woman makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Spider Woman title has been held by several Marvel Comics characters throughout the years, starting with Jessica Drew in the 1970s, whose origin story uh, involves uranium exposure and spider blood. Wow, heard okay. something similar to that yeah. before, um, and also it also includes Mary Jane Watson and Gwen Stacy. Of course, oh. the Spider Gwen version uh, the character was seen last in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right. the animated hit, a really great movie. That was voiced by Haley Steinfeld. Uh, the film will be written by Smart writer Katie Silberman and with Amy Pascal producing. Rachel O'Connor will be the executive producer. Uh, Wild, of course, made her feature film directorial debut last year with Booksmart, which we were just talking about, written by Katie Silverman. Mm -hmm. It earned a Writer's Guild of America nomination for the script for Silverman, along with Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, and Susanna Fogel. uh, Olivia Wilde has been in several movies and television shows including Tron Legacy. Wow. Uh, she was in that as well. So uh, really interesting. I, I'm always up for uh, more Marvel right. and from wh- whatever a group that's going to do it. And uh, this, you know, the Spider-Verse is very, very interesting. It, so yeah, is, and very popular. Yeah, so That's so awesome. Looking forward to seeing what comes from that. Uh, speaking of Marvel, there's another piece in the Avengers Campus Puzzle at Disney California Adventure Park that was put into place mm-hmm this week uh disney unveiled pictures of the quinjet nice yes that was put in place in the new land currently being built at the park uh the post showed the jet from a few different angles including a really nice one with the sun kind of shining off the back Mm -hmm. of it looks fantastic they had um Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission breakout in the background really looked great. Uh, There was a posed picture with Disney Park President Josh DeMauro, Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige, and Disneyland Resort President Kevin Potrock. uh, They're all in front of it. Masks on. Yeah. um, You know, and and so construction is progressing. We don't still know when it's going to be opened or when Disneyland's going to be open for that matter. It was originally supposed to be open in mid-July. Uh, so we'll kind of see. Disneyland was also supposed to be open in mid-July. But, yeah. but we'll kind of see where it goes. But at least it's great that Avengers Campus is taking shape. And it looks like it's going to be spectacular.
1: Right. It, it is, you know, we, we are definitely missing Disneyland from being open. But it's great that they are still moving forward with the construction and that uh, when we do finally get to return that there's going to be some exciting new things to experience. Yeah, I uh, can't wait for that land yeah. to
0: open so much. Uh, it actually, we'll tie that space together. Because, you know, the when they transformed Tower of Terror into Mission Breakout, right. it looked a little weird in the space that it's in. Now that right. you're going to have this Marvel area to connect to it, it should flow a little better right. uh, within Disney California.
1: Right. It didn't part. have a connection with some of the other things that were around or within right. eye range of what was around. Yeah, so exactly. that like you said, we'll bring that to, to be a little more fluid.
0: yeah. For sure. So, uh, finally, one last story for you. And I, like I said, this one came in just at the last moment. I saw it literally just a few minutes before we were about to air. So I'm actually reading this straight off the the website. If you're <laughs> watching the video, wonder what I was fiddling around with for so long. I had to pull up the website here. Uh, but this is from Disney uh, Cruise Line blog. Who, uh, if you're a Disney Cruise fan, it's a great blog. Definitely mm-hmm. check it out. They have all sorts of information, news, um, navigators from past right. cruises, Helpful whatever. Tips. Yep. Uh, definitely go check out that blog. But this came in. Uh, according to a report out of the Bahamas from the Tribune, Pearl Island recently signed a deal with Disney Cruise Line to potentially offer cruisers the option to spend a day at a private beach. Pearl Island often offers white sand beaches, a traditional uh, Bahamian lunch, snorkeling water play area, kayaks, beach chairs, and private cabanas. Uh, Pearl Island is located just eight miles off from Nassau and one mile east of Paradise Island and is known for its warm, crystal clear waters, stunning natural beauty, white sands, as we just talked about, mm-hmm. and its iconic lighthouse. So it looks like Disney, until they finish Lighthouse Point, maybe, right. um, as these cruise ships coming in, they're looking for another possible location that cruisers can go to It's cool. kind of a private destination or, you know, to have that wonderful, pristine beach day. Right, you know, so right. that's kind of cool. That is cool. So does it sound like it's going to be an excursion type
1: of activity or an actual... It doesn't
0: really say. It says, right, I'm continuing on with the story. It says that this time Disney Cruise Line does not list any port adventures to Port Island. However, based on the news report, it seems like this may be an option when cruising resumes as this would be a situation where passengers could ferry uh, to the pier directly uh, over to Poor Island. So I guess, yes. So it sounds like it will be if you go to Nassau, would right. be my guess, that you would uh, be part of this excursion and ferry over there. And, you know, if how many times have you, I mean, if you've done Disney cruising a lot, you've probably been to Nassau once, twice, <laughs> 20 times whatever the case may be (laughs) how much can you do in nasa to have another option for something to do i think
1: that's that's great and actually something that's
0: we might look into if we were going to do that right no
1: it makes sense because like as you mentioned um you know nasa is one of the is the main stop when for their shorter cruises you know so their three-day cruises especially um and which is a great way to get oriented to a, a cruise if you've never done one that that is kind mm-hmm. of you know a standard easy going one and it does have some things to check out but right if you've if it's one that you get to do frequently you're like eh. I mean, for us, like you've said, we've seen it so many times. We it becomes our pool day, um, right. a lot of times too. Yeah, but we're, <laughs> we're happy with
0: if everybody just goes ahead and explores Nassau and right. we Get the
1: the little bit more wide open space on the
0: pool deck. Right? Exactly. On the ship itself. Yeah.
1: So, but it, th- it does sound like a really neat place to visit, and that's going to have some activities that'll be yeah, fun as well. Cabanas, nice right. yeah, kayaking, yeah, etc. All sorts of
0: cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So, interesting to see what comes of that, and if that uh, starts appearing as a shore excursion very right. soon. So. Cool, cool. cool. So that's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle. One, because she's wonderful, (laughs) gorgeous. Uh, plays hurt here on the show, <laughs> as you have seen with her fighting through her allergy issues. But she always has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's
1: tip of the week. You're so kind and generous. Um, so I'm. It's a. It's a very short tip because I knew that I would probably talk a lot about Phineas and Ferb. So I tried to keep this. <laughs> I one... talked for another hour. You're right. You really yeah. I. It was hard not to. Um. So, anyways, my tip is more related to making dining reservations, and you know we we realize right now with. Uh, Walt Disney World that it's a sixty day window now versus when we used to have one hundred and eighty day for advanced dining reservations. We also know with capacity issues that sometimes it might be challenging, especially if you're going either as a large group, you know, so maybe nine people or you know more, or, just two people. And so just want to uh, give you a tip is if you're finding online some challenges with the um, table service of getting that kind of situation. I mean, I know some people when they have a large party, they, they may break it up into two, you know, and do like a two tables of eight or, you know, I mean, two tables of four or table four and five or whatever, that may work, it may not. Or if you're, a ta- you know, you might see that there are reservations available for a table of, you know, four or six, but not a table of two. Um, it's still worth calling and mm-hmm. trying to see if there's a way that they could accommodate you. Um, they may not be able to, but, but they really do try. So I would say, if there's something you want to experience and you do see that they have seating, but it's not at the capacity that you're looking for is, is give them a call.
0: Right. And uh, they're always willing to, to help out if they right. can, if they, if they can uh, find a way to make it work, uh, they will put out the effort to do that for right, sure. Right. Disney is very accommodating in that way. So, right. so great tip. Michelle well, always has the you. very best tips. <laughs> Uh, My tip this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Disney transportation, just kind of knowing Disney transportation if you have never been to the Walt Disney World Resort or if you've never been to the Disneyland Resort. Now, uh, as far as Disneyland, once it reopens... Hopefully soon. Uh, We're here in San Diego. We finally got the clearance to reopen some things this week. We're hoping that we keep the numbers down and schools can reopen here soon. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But things are starting to open up in California a little more. So hopefully Disneyland will fall soon. But if you are going to Disneyland, know that most of the hotels that are in the area course, there's only three Disney actual resort hotels, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of other nice hotels within the area. Most of them are within walking distance, so you don't need to worry about your transportation to and from the parks. Now, if you are a little bit farther away, or if it's, you know, maybe something that maybe you don't, you're not, you're already walking enough in the parks, you don't want to walk that much more, uh, check under your hotel, because a lot of them offer shuttle service to the parks. Uh, Definitely check on that. The one thing I want to caution you in, though, is be sure to check into what parking rates are there if you're driving into town or if you're renting a car right. or whatever uh, it may be. Because uh, a lot of the hotels do charge, you know, $20 a day, whatever right. the case may be, for you to park your car there. But there are some hotels, including one of our favorites, right. that offers parking included in the price right. of your hotel. So uh, keep track on that in case you happen to be driving in. Now, at the Walt Disney World Resort, uh, there are lots of reasons why you will never need a car. There, if right. they, All you're going to stay is in the Disney bubble. Uh, there are so many different forms of transportation. Now, I know most of you know Walt Disney World and you know about all this, but right. in case you don't know or in case you're visiting there for the first time, I want to go over to some of the different forms of transportation oh. at Walt Disney World. Uh, of course, there is bus service from every Disney resort. Right. Um, some have more of it than others, right. but there is bus service everywhere. Some are more frequently. Some take a little longer to right. get there. To the parks. Right. To to the, the, parks. the parks and to uh, Disney Springs, Springs yep. yeah, uh, as well. Uh, there are several uh, resorts that are on the monorail line. So if you're wanting to go to Magic Kingdom or to Epcot, uh, you can catch the monorail from the Contemporary Resort, and that includes Bay Lake Towers, uh, the Polynesian Resort, and also the Grand Floridian. Uh, if you're looking to get uh, to Magic Kingdom via a boat, there are several uh, resorts that offer that as well. The Wilderness Lodge does. Fort Wilderness, of course, where the cabins and campgrounds are, Uh, the Polynesian as well, and the Grand Floridian all offer boat service to Magic Kingdom. Now, they may not be running right now, but when things get back to more normal, again, I'm trying to put out transportation for you for when things are going up there, when things are running as we expect them to be. Uh, The same goes with the Epcot and Hollywood Studios, the friendship boats that are there. They go from the Boardwalk, Yacht and Beach Club, and the Swan and Dolphin. And uh, if you want to get to Disney Springs, uh, if you're staying at Old Key West, Saratoga Springs or Port Orleans, both the French Quarter and Riverside, uh, they have boats that run right to Disney Springs so kind of an interesting way to get there. Right, exactly. Uh, There's also of course the new Skyline, relatively new Skyliner service that goes to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. The resorts you can catch those from are the Riviera Resort, Caribbean Beach Resort, Pop Century and Art of Animation and also now Walkable. If you want to go to Magic Kingdom, you can walk right from the contemporary and Bay Lake Towers to right. Magic Kingdom. We do it all the time. Really easy. Right. And now, I, I don't know if it's open yet, but it's very nearly open. If it's not already open, there's a new walkway coming from the Grand Floridian as well. If you want to mm-hmm. walk from there, that looks like a little bit longer walk, right. but still a way to get there if you're looking for, you know, not having to fight with the transportation in some way. And so Exactly. Um, again, you don't necessarily need a car. If you're maybe wanting to travel to some places, easier. Again, you're going to be paying for parking there unless you're on, uh, staying right. on Disney Vegas vacation club points, you will be paying for parking at your resort, so keep that in mind. When you're renting a car, it's just not the fee for the rental car, you will need to pay for parking as well. But Mm -hmm. uh, just to let you know, there are various
1: transportation options throughout the Disney resorts. Right, and you can really find, uh, you know, obviously once you're at your resort, you can get information about that on the app. Like, um, you know, it gives waiting times Mm -hmm. for the bus coming to pick you up. There's also usually screens at a lot of the resorts that that will have, have that information. Um I, I think the one thing would to keep in mind is if you're going from one resort to another, let's say you have table you know, service reservations that you're allowed to go to one of the other resorts right now. It's um you you would have to do going to a park and then from that park to the next one, right. or you could get a rideshare service. Right,
0: And which they do offer. Of course, there's the mini. Well, the minivans aren't Not running right, right now. now, but mm-hmm. uh, there's Lyft, there's mm-hmm. Uber, all right. you know the various rideshare companies. Right. Um, they run throughout the parks and are very easily and and we use them quite often. Right. And right. A lot of times, much more efficient than the Disney bus service. Right. As much exactly. as it's nice to have there and it's complimentary for staying there uh, sometimes it's nicer when you want to get there in a timely right. manner.
1: And sometimes it's a must, too, if you're going to a certain, like when they resume, for example, some of their tours start really early in the morning, um, that you might not actually be able to get right. a Disney transportation to the park in time for that, then you could use a, a ride share for yeah, that as well. Yeah, if you well. want to be
0: sure to get to, like, say, the Disney's Hollywood Studios and get that boarding group of Rides of the Resistance be there <laughs> right. in time, uh, you may want a ride share over uh, Skyliner, uh, questionable on whether you'll get there in time, even though know, the rope drop is much later than it right. used to be now. Uh, still questionable. And uh, the buses, you're just not sure. So if you're really set on making sure you get that first boarding group or right. that first uh, group, group of boarding groups, uh, you may want to think about ride sharing there. So uh, that's yep. it. For, thank you. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, well, we were supposed to be heading to Anaheim for Star Wars Celebration yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. Well... You know, this is the, the situations that they are. This has been one of those years where it's the year of the cancel. Right. <laughs> uh, so, well, I mean, technically it's postponement. they postponed Star Wars Celebration Anaheim to 2022. But that doesn't mean we're not going to still have our own little Star Wars right. celebration here on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. So we'll be joined by Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast mm-hmm. and our wonderful friend Rob LaBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Mm-hmm. You may remember that they were on our 100th episode. Right. and we just laughed a lot throughout that yes. one. Well, I expect that will happen again on this show. We'll talk a little bit about Star Wars Celebration. Michelle has an interesting, fun little sort of like if as if it was a Star Wars celebration panel, uh, kind of a game that we're going to play between all yes. of us. So We're excited to do that and I think you'll enjoy the fun that we're going to have with all of them. Yeah,
1: I, th- I hope so too. Uh, and as you mentioned, our, our guests bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of fun and entertainment to uh, our podcast. So we're really looking forward to it and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So that will be a lot of fun. And we appreciate you joining us today in the future. You can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website Podcast.com. and while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. I forgot to mention earlier, and I I can't believe I didn't mention it, but I had so much to get out there. Um, We do have a new category for our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame, and it came out in the newsletter this week. It is Best Disney Sidekick. So please, i uh, put it out on social media again. Um, please send us through our social media, through email, whatever the case may be. Your top five Disney Sidekicks and we'll put all the nominations in there. The ones who get the most will end up on our final ballot in November and December. Yeah, it will be fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of social media, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. Hopefully you're seen this video on YouTube. Uh, if you just want to find us, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video out there. And if you ever want to email us, please hit us up at our Gmail account,
1: Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. We love to hear from you. And another way that we really love hearing from you all is through reviews, whether it's a star rating or an actual written review. That really helps us really know what, what we're doing well and uh you know, it also helps other people find us. That's the biggest thing for me. You know, <laughs> I really want, we of course want this show to
0: be the best it can possibly be. So anything, any criticisms, constructive criticism you could give us would be great to help us uh, improve this podcast and be something that you enjoy week in and week out. But really the best way to have people find out about our show is just tell friends. Yep. Just tell your friends that you like this show and that they might like it. And that is how we build this group of this whole Hyperion
1: Adventurer family. Right. And you've done a great job because yeah. we have we continue we to growing. grow and we're really impressed by that. Yeah. Um, that you all have helped us on this journey. So thank you. Thank you so very much.
0: So, that's it. Thank you for listening to the
1: Hyperion Adventures podcast.
0: We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.